1: He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. Middle
0: and i wonder what it is it's I better
1: should Better
0: than do. being a clown or a joker. It's so
1: hard to kill. I'm going to lead
0: the show with the most incredible story you have ever heard. I absolutely guarantee you, you will never hear another news story that is as amazing, as disgusting, as revolting, and as compelling as this one is. For once, it doesn't have to do with Joe Biden, even though he richly deserves those kind of adjectives. But this concerns Germany. This there was a uh, a story in coming out of Germany, not in the U.S. press. And Eileen, my wife, you know who you know is recovering from a stroke, has recovered enough so that her mind is absolutely perfect. And she was reading the foreign press, and she called me in yesterday morning and she said, "Hey, look at this." And I read the story and I was shocked. I had to like read it three times to be sure I got it right. There is a guy, there was a guy in Germany named Helmut Kentler, K-E-N-T-L-E-R, uh, 1928, and he died in 2008, no great loss for the world. And Kentler conducted the Kentler experiment, he called it. He was a sociologist and a self-styled sexologist who believed that there was nothing wrong with sex between adults and children. In fact, he thought it was pretty good. And the Kentler experiment that he launched, get this, deliberately placed homeless kids, boys found on the street, homeless boys, with pedophiliac men to raise them because he said they would make, quote, loving fathers. Teach your children well their fathers help. It slowly go by, Can you believe that this started in this started in the nineteen sixties and uh continued until it was broken up in as recently as two thousand seventeen uh by the uh university of something or other um University in Göttingen, that uh, unveiled this. And it's a huge scandal in Germany. It's front page news all over the place. But our culture is so ghettoized geographically that America hasn't covered it. There's a little piece in the New Yorker magazine about it. But um, it was the uh, lead of prime time show on Newsmax uh, night before last I, I was talking about it, and uh, I featured it on my TV show on Newsmax Democracy that was on right after the Trump rally at ten thirty normally i 'm on at seven thirty on saturday nights and uh, don 't tell anybody but i 'm on at one p m here so uh, at one p m on Sundays right after this show. Uh, switch here and go run right to your TV set. But listen to Cindy Adams after me. She's fun. So this is horrible. This guy said that pedophilia was great. He said that the pedophiles would make loving fathers. They got a special stipend for adopting these kids. And it really was very close to a prostitution network. There wasn't money exchanged, but there might as well have been. He placed, uh, children with pedophiles, knowing that they were pedophiles, uh, at some of the elite educational institutions in Germany. The Max Planck Institute, Berlin's Free University, and the Odenwald School in Hesse, Germany, uh, placed them there, knowing that, he, that they were placing them with pedophiles. And you know how foster care works. Uh, once you, once the kid is there, He's legally obliged to be there. I mean, if he flees, a cop busts him and brings him back to the home because that guy has has legal control over him. And they systematically exposed pedophiles to this. Now, Eileen had a very interesting perspective on this. And let me hear yours. Call me at uh, 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-WABC-9222. She pointed – she prosecuted child uh, p- pedophiles with, as an attorney in Connecticut, and she said that what happens with the pedophile is that a, a man will transfer his normal sexual att- attraction to adult women into a sexual attraction to children, uh, to young uh, – adult w- women or men, I mean including gays, but will transfer it into underage boys and girls, and that it's incurable – just as, uh, the sex drive, that the normal sex drive is incurable, uh, it's always gonna be there. And, uh, no amount of punishment or, or even therapy, uh, can really change that. And, uh, it's a horrible thing. It really has a connection with Nazism. The Nazis, uh, glorified homosexuality. In much, they also killed a lot of homosexuals. Uh, part of one of the, one of the, uh, degenerates they said that they were, uh, putting in the gas chambers were Jews and homosexuals and communists. But at the beginning their ideology talked about the Aryan race and the male Aryan bond and, uh, and it celebrated that. Nietzsche was involved in pushing that the philosopher that underlay nazism and Ernst Röhm who was the head of the SA the stormtroopers that propelled Hitler into power was famously gay and uh, put gay people at the top of that organization and when he was when Hitler had him murdered as he did the whole leadership of the sa around 1934 35 because he thought they were going to be a threat to his power uh they murdered him in bed with another man now i do not in any way mean to imply that homosexuals are nazis or that nazis are homosexuals but what I, but as but the idea that the nazi ideology underlay that and spoke about the the attractiveness of the main boy love, a little bit like the ancient Greeks did, uh, underscored really what Kentler was doing and it 's horrible it 's a vile, terrible ideology, uh, totally destroying the innocence of a child, totally wrecking their childhood, creating God knows what complexes as they move into adult life and This was fostered, funded, created, and required. By the Senate of Berlin, that's the governing body of the state of Berlin. Uh, unbelievable! Absolutely incredible! You ever heard anything even remotely like that? You know, the rest of this broadcast, I'll be talking about other things that are driving me crazy, but nothing could possibly drive me crazier than this one. Now, um, Joe Biden opposes the uh, the Keystone Pipeline. And he hates pipelines. But they found one pipeline that he really digs, the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. This pipeline is a horrible thing that is essentially designed to replace the Berlin Wall with a new wall made out of pipeline. Or take another metaphor, the Iron Curtain replaced by a pipeline curtain. The story here goes back to uh, 2000, When the Soviet Union broke up in 1989, uh, all the Eastern European countries declared their independence, one after the other, Poland, Hungary, Czech Republic, Romania, Bulgaria, Albania, all of them went their own ways. But Ukraine never quite made it in under the wire. And Russia basically got used to losing the Eastern European satellites. They were draining on their resources anyway. It was the only colonial empire that cost the mother country more than they made. And uh, that's how Reagan knew he could topple it but at that but the the Ukraine never made it and Russia hold, held on to the Ukraine Ukraine has 47 41 million people Russia has 147 million so when you put them together you had a real superpower but when you broke them apart Russia wasn't so powerful anymore Ukraine is the source of all of their food it's like our Midwestern states the breadbasket I I first realized the importance of the Ukraine when I worked for President Clinton, and I asked him about his plan to – an accomplishment about extending NATO to include Hungary and Poland. And he said, Hungary and Poland are important, but the big thing here is a land bridge to the Ukraine, because unless we maintain the capacity for military intervention in the Ukraine, we'll never keep them independent of Russia. And that was uh, a big deal with Clinton. And he never had to send troops, but it was a very effective thing to do. Anyway, in five six or seven, I think, there was an election in the Ukraine and they toppled the, the Russian dictator that ruled the country. Russia put its own puppet, a guy named Yanakovich, in as the president. By the way, you probably heard his name because Manafort represented him uh, to his everlasting shame. Uh, I like Paul, and he didn't deserve to go to jail, but yuck. Anyway, the, uh, Yanukovych was Putin's puppet. And the, uh, we had an election, uh, where Yanukovych ran for re-election. I was on the other side of that race. I was handling Yashenko, Victor Yashenko, who is the pro-freedom, pro-American guy. And he won the election. And first Putin tried to kill him. Uh, he, uh, had the KGB invite him for lunch and they poisoned his soup with dioxin uh, almost killed him and left him scarred for life a gorgeous guy and his face was is all pockmarked and horrible and uh but they failed to kill him so what they decided to do was to take the oil and the gas that Russia produced and ship ship to eastern europe and what they did was they took the pipeline that, that where that gas flowed and they denied Ukraine a quarter of the gas, which was the gas they had sold to them. And this was in January of '09. It gets cold out there. And Ukraine really was smart. They said, the hell with you. We're going to take the gas you're shipping on to Germany and we'll let the Germans freeze to death. <laughs> we'll, they'll get the deficit of the gas. So Germany raised hell. Russia was embarrassed and Russia stopped doing that. So then Putin hit on plan B. He would build a pipeline to send the gas directly from Russia to Germany under the Baltic Sea so it wouldn't have to go through Ukraine. And, uh, the, and the United States raised hell about the pipeline, opposed it. But to get it approved by Germany, Gerhard Schroeder, the German chancellor, lost power uh, in 2015. And uh, Putin gave him a new job director of the pipeline, and paid him $350,000 a year as a salary, in fact, as a bribe to get this thing approved. Then uh, Trump came in and excoriated Germany for the pipeline and got Congress to pass sanctions on the companies that were building the pipeline. Then Bi- and construction of the pipeline stopped. Then Biden came in, removed the sanctions, and the pipeline is now on the verge of completion. Incredible. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on seventy seven WABC. Clowns to the Latin.
1: Jokers to the right, here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you.
0: So I had Ted Cruz, senator from Texas, uh, hopefully president soon, someday on my TV show Democracy that airs on Newsmax TV uh, every Saturday at 7.30 and every Sunday at 1 p.m. right after this show. In fact, run from the dial to the dial and you can catch it. Uh, and uh, I talked to him about Nord Stream Pipeline. He's been leading the opposition to that. And he told me, it was amazing, he said, we passed the sanctions bill in the Senate, sanctioning the companies that were building the Nord Stream Pipeline, and 15 minutes after that bill passed, the construction stopped. They were working on the ball, the stuff that's under the Baltic Sea. They were 95% finished. The 5% that remained was all submerged and the, the cranes pulled away. The ship sailed away and a lump of metal stayed at the bottom of the ocean. Then when Biden repealed the sanctions, announced that he wouldn't enforce them, he had Discretion as president built into the bill. Uh, the minute he made that announcement, literally the minute pipeline construction resumed. And the whole deal here is that Russia wants to be able to ship gas directly to Germany, and Germany wants to be able to get it directly from Russia without passing through Eastern Europe, so that the Ukrainians can, so they can shut off the gas to Ukraine and Poland and Hungary, and Czech Republic to punish them for being politically independent. If they do anything Russia doesn't approve of, snap, the gas is going to get cut off. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. Biden got a pledge out of Putin, a solemn pledge, saying he would not use gas as a political weapon. He also got a pledge from a rattlesnake not to bite. They're equally binding. And so the point is that he wants to use the gas as his weapon that he doesn't send in tanks anymore. He's withholds gas. But he couldn't do that without cutting off the, the rest of Europe, particularly Germany. So he now is building a pipeline so that he can cut it off to Eastern Europe, have them freeze to death until they tow the line of Putin's dictates uh, and uh, and get away with it. And the meantime, the former German Chancellor Gerhard Schroeder rakes in money for having sold freedom out—not just the German people, but freedom out. So, in effect, the new Iron Curtain is the pi- the pipeline, and the new uh Berlin Wall is now made out of pipe. Incredible, Joel from Manhattan. How you doing, Joel? What's up? Hi there. Hi. How
1: are you, I'm Mr. Great. Morris, if you don't mind my calling you Mr. Morris?
0: That's more because, my father than uh, me. Okay, I was okay. just looking for a title <laughs> uh, specifically, you know. Anyway, regarding Russia, right? Now, Russia is obviously surrounded by NATO forces, Turkey, et cetera,
1: you know. And then, um, in my humble opinion, how about us taking action, you know, Uh, The United States, as led uh, by the United States, NATO, uh, by persuading Russia proper to become a member of NATO themselves.
0: Well, let's persuade a fox to come into the chicken coop. (laughs) Really, tell the fox he doesn't have to run, he doesn't have to go hide, he just walks into the chicken coop and they're just sitting right there. One is lunch, one is dinner, the other is the next night, next day's breakfast. I mean, come on, the whole purpose of NATO is to contain Russia. Uh, you, Europe wouldn't exist if it weren't for NATO. Russia would have taken it over long ago. Um, they had 260 divisions on the Eastern Front when Germany surrendered. Uh, they could—we pulled our troops out. They could have just marched in, and they haven't changed. Uh, they haven't changed at all. Uh, but I do appreciate your calling. Uh, let's go to J on Long Island. Hi. Um- hey. I was just listening to the pipeline, your analysis of it, right on, very interesting. I was just wondering, though, um, do you think this could signal kind of like an alliance of some sort between Germany and Russia in much the same way that, uh, like, you know, with Hitler and and Stalin? The Hitler-Stalin pact uh, redone. Good good point. Great point, uh, Jay. Uh, Yeah, look, uh, Germany... Germany's commitment to freedom has always been somewhat tenuous. And, uh, and, and clearly what they're doing here is signaling a relationship with Russia. Look, the United States is drowning in natural gas and oil. Uh, and we've spent billions of dollars building conversion plants that can take natural gas and liquefy it so you can put it on a boat and sail it to Europe then deliquify it there. These plants cost a billion bucks each. We built about 20 of them. And it permits you to ship natural gas just like you do oil. You put oil on a tanker and it sails wherever you want. You don't need a pipeline. And now you won't need a pipeline for gas either. So we could have supplied all – we can supply all of Western Europe's gas needs without their dependence on Russia. But now Germany has deliberately put its neck back in the noose and saying, come on, pull it, pull it. It's unbelievable what they're doing.
1: Sponsors. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Clouds to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you.
0: So give me a call. All right. 800-848-9222. 800 848 That's 800 wabc 800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Stu in Brooklyn, who's got interesting question. Hey, Stu. Good afternoon, Mr. Morris. Good afternoon. Do you think that the uh, Euros are operating on the same belief that was peddled here with the, the Chinese, that... If we engage them and do business with yeah. them they 'll be less hostile, of course they 'll have too much yeah absolutely that, absolutely the the Europeans are, are really the inventors of, impe- of appeasement, and uh, their their whole strategy is always they call it soft power it 's why can 't we all just get along, touch pinkies, and sing kumbaya around the the fire uh, the, you 've got to understand European appeasement. Europe was wiped out in World War I. Uh, France had 40 million people, and they lost 2 million of them in the war. Uh, Britain lost an entire generation. And it so scarred Europe, not apparently Germany, but the Allies, to a point where they just would not intervene anyplace. And then World War II cemented their view of war. And as a result, they are scared to death. Uh, they're always terrified, and they have no belief in American power – in power – uh, Reagan restored it, Trump continued it, Biden is now catering to that appeasement. And uh, Europe will never stand up to China. They won't do anything of the sort. But Gordon has an interesting question from Brooklyn. Let's hear from it, Jordan. Hi, Gordon. Gordon? Uh, the natural uh, the, uh, problem with the gas pipeline from Russia to Germany... Uh, 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 what is preventing the Europeans, incru- uh, other than Germany, from just importing as much American
1: natural gas as possible yeah. to satisfy their needs? I don't know why they nothing. would need Russians,
0: Russian nothing. Uh, natural gas. Nothing's stopping them. It's competitive economically. Uh, they can get the gas just as cheaply from us. Uh, the, nothing at all. Uh, this is germany on its own, trying to appease Russia and cut a deal with Russia and enable Russia to empowering Russia uh, to wreak havoc in Europe, it's totally irresponsible. Which is why Trump unloaded on them so much. Now, what I'm going to talk about now is what's going to happen over the next six to eight months. And uh, fasten your seatbelts. I talked on the Cats Roundtable earlier today about that and. Um, I told John I would elaborate it. This central issue of the next six to eight months is going to be the 25th Amendment to the Constitution. For those of you who don't, don't know, the 25th Amendment was passed after uh, Johnson became president, after Kennedy was killed. And uh, we had no vice president. So it was a method of, create, of uh, how do you appoint a new vice president. But that was section one. But Section 2 and 3 of the amendment dealt not with that, which has worked fine, but with what happens if the president is disabled. Article 2, Part 2 of it, says what goes on, and that's been fine. But Part 3 is the problem. Part 3 says that if the vice president believes in her opinion that the president is unable to to perform his duties – And if the president disagrees and says he can perform his duties, and a majority of the heads of the cabinet agree with the vice president that he can't do it, then the vice president becomes the acting president automatically. It then goes to Congress while she's vice, while she's acting president, and Congress has 21 days to vote. And if two-thirds of the Congress, uh, agrees with the vice president, the president is out. Uh, if w- he gets one-third plus one, he can stay in office. Now, he's able to relitigate that several times. He can come back in like six months and say, I'm cured, and then it goes to Congress again. Also, <clears throat> there's a provision that says sometimes you don't have to ask the heads of the departments. You can just ask a special body designated for that purpose by Congress. Nancy Pelosi passed a bill to embarrass Trump in the closing years of year of his administration, uh, setting up just such an alternate body, um, including doctors and shrinks and uh, history professors and stuff. But some people have proposed that the body ought to be the Speaker of the House, <laughs> the majority leader of the Senate, and the Attorney General, and the two of those three agree. So basically it's a device to a coup d'etat orchestrated by – the House Speaker, um, and don't think Nancy won't do that. So here's the deal. Here's what happened. Joe Biden limped into South Carolina in the 2020 election, and uh, he had lost uh, New Hampshire, he had lost Nevada, and he probably lost Iowa. They just conveniently never completed the count. And uh, he came into South Carolina 0-3, really 0-4, and Everybody knew if he lost South Carolina, he was dead. But they scheduled South Carolina as a setup because they scheduled it on a Saturday and Super Tuesday on the Tuesday, three days later. Now, next to Washington, D.C., South Carolina's Democratic primary is the blackest primary in the country, highest percentage of African-American voters. It's over 50% African-American. And the black political establishment set that primary date So it could influence Super Tuesday. Now, most people assume that the black population of the U.S. is spread throughout the country fairly evenly, but that is not true. The 11 states of the old Southern Confederacy still have 56% of America's African Americans. And when you add in Latinos and sort out Republicans and independents who can't vote in the primary – The Democratic primary on Super Tuesday is damn close to the South Carolina and Washington primary, heavily influenced by minorities. So they realized that whoever gets South Carolina probably wins Super Tuesday. And the Democratic Party was all in a knot because they didn't want Bernie Sanders. They were all worried that he was too far left. (laughs) Who knew what Joe Biden would do? Bernie Sanders couldn't even approach this. And, uh, And so they set this up in this way. So when Biden came limping into South Carolina, he went to uh, Jim, J- James Claiborne, the black Democratic congressman from the state and the leader of the black community. And he said, please endorse me. And Clyburn said, OK, I will. But I know you're not going to last a full term. I know you're probably certainly not going to run for another term. And I don't even think you'll serve this one out. And I got the 25th Amendment in my back pocket. You can be the nominee for president, but I want a black woman on the ticket for vice president. And Biden thought he meant Michelle Obama. Everybody thought he meant Michelle Obama. And he secretly went to Michelle and asked her to take it. And Michelle turned him down. She thought about it for a couple of weeks. There was a big delay in his naming Harris. Everybody wondered what was up. Well, what was up was he was begging Michelle. And Michelle said no. And so they chose another black woman, Kamala Harris. And uh, this was all a device by Barack Obama to run the – have a third term, running – putting Biden in, who was too weak and demented to do anything, and he knew he could run the show. Um, he didn't realize how thoroughly he could, but he did. Now uh, the blacks want the Oval Office back. The whole goal of this was to have an African-American president. So what they're now doing is, is they're pushing the narrative in the media that Biden is senile and uh, demented and can't finish a sentence, which all of which is true. And the more he's on display, the more evidence it becomes. He went to this town hall the other day and he actually couldn't finish a sentence. And he went there and he said the stupidest thing anyone has ever said. He said, Spend tax a lot more and you'll take care of inflation. It'll end inflation. The exact opposite is, of course, true. So everybody realizes this guy has to go. He's just not smart, not sane enough, normal enough, and at this point, smart enough to be president. So Biden's people know that. They see that coming. And they don't want to lose their meal ticket. They don't want Biden out of office. They'd lose their jobs. So a raft of stories started to mysteriously appear in the media two weeks ago that Harris's staff hates her, that they can't put up with her, that she's irrational, she's erratic. One of them even said she's running an SHIT show in the VP office. Now, where, those are all anonymous quotes. Where did they come from? I guarantee you they didn't come from Harris's staff. Why they get a dump on the person who's their boss, who keeps them in Wheaties, who's their meal ticket? Why would they do that? They wouldn't. This and it had to be from the White House, because you need to have that kind of access to be credible enough to the media to plant these stories. It had to have come from Biden. It's not from Biden, from Harris, excuse me. It had to have come from Biden from when the inter warfare gets going. I get confused. Had to come from Joe Biden and his people pushing back on Harris, saying, oh, you can't let that guy, that lady be president. I call it the Spiro Agnew insurance policy. When Nixon was nominated in 1968, everybody thought he would be – everybody thought he was terrible and predicted he might be impeached. So Nixon – appointed Agnew as his vice president, knowing the guy was a thief, knowing he was on the verge of being indicted, knowing that he couldn't possibly be president. So nobody would throw him out because nobody would want Agnew as president. And then in the facts, when they decided to get rid of Nixon, the first thing they did was get rid of Agnew. They indicted him, and he pled no low contendere, and they put Gerald Ford in, who could, have, who could serve as president and was an acceptable alternative. Well, that's what Biden is trying to pull now, to make Harris radioactive. Oh, she's scatterbrained. She's terrible. She fights with everyone. She And then he gave her the mission of the border. And that's like giving her a poison pill for breakfast because nobody can solve that as long as you have Biden's open-door policy, in effect. And they put, they put it on her so that she would be blamed and would screw it up. And uh, sure enough, she did. And that is what you are watching now. You're watching a push and a pull in Washington between the 20, about invoking the 25th Amendment. Breaking up is hard to do. but Biden and Harris are breaking up. They're not going to say it publicly. It's not going to be in the media. Sure won't be in the media. But you watch what's happening. Every time you see a story about how screwed up Kamala Harris is, that's not coming from the Republicans. That's coming from the Democrats. That's coming from Biden. Uh, if it were Republicans, the media wouldn't credit it. What do they know about the internal dynamics of Harris's office? They wouldn't print that story. But it's Biden's people placing the story because they want to push back on Harris so there's no 25th amendment. So what, and, and now, by the way, their campaign is working. Biden's approval rating has dropped from 56 to 50 in the last month in the Gallup poll. But Harris has gone from 49 to 43. 43 approved, 45 disapproved. She's underwater. And uh, she's underwater because she's being dumped on by Biden and by the Democrats. So she's getting crossin- caught in the crossfire. The Republicans believe that they may – that the Democrats may get rid of uh, Biden, in which case they'll have Harris and they're dumping on her so that she can't win. And Biden is dumping on her because he doesn't want to be ousted over the 25th Amendment and he wants an insurance policy and that's what he's trying to do. So, my friends, give me a call, 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222, 800-848-WABC. So listen to my show and find out what is really happening. I guarantee you nobody else has this. And then sit back over the next year and watch it happen. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC.
1: Clouds to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you.
0: We're talking about my scenario, which I think is unfolding in plain sight, hidden from the media in plain sight, but they'll never figure it out. Uh... Biden got the Democratic nomination because he won South Carolina. He won South Carolina because he promised to put a black woman on the ticket. And that gave Obama his entree to run a third term, run the show behind the scenes. He thought it would be Michelle, but she crossed him up and didn't do it. So they put in Kamala Harris. And by the way, they put his staff in. His domestic policy advisor knows nothing about domestic policy, but is like the middle linebacker in football who – Runs from the huddle to the bench, gets the signal, and goes back and tells the huddle what the play is going to be. Well, that that's what uh, that's what she's doing, and uh, Biden uh, Obama is really running this behind the scenes. And now, what's going on is that the Biden people are catching that because of his senility and dementia, they're going to try and throw him out using the Twenty Fifth Amendment. So what they're trying to do is to make Harris radioactive so she can't succeed him. Mean, nobody will want to do that, and he'll buy himself the rest of his term. And that's the fight that's going on in Washington now. Let's go to Jane in Northport, who I think has it right. Hi, big fan of yours. Thank you. So exactly, um, you know, following the point you just made, since Obama is steering this sailboat um, – you know, doesn't he have the the control of whether Kamala rises or falls? Well, he, Just- he does. He does in the sense that he that that he uh, can allocate power to her. But uh, what he can't do is is dump her. You know, she's there as vice president, and uh, what he can't do is remove Biden and put Kamala in. But what he can do is he can generate negative stories about harris, about Biden, so that harris uh, so, so that Biden gets concerned about the twenty fifth amendment, and then Biden will dump on Harris to try to make her radioactive and that 's what 's going on now. Obama wants to keep Biden in office until he can get Harris in office because Harris will be much more pliable and for his will. I think that Biden's policies and Harris's wouldn't be that different. But in terms of the patronage machine and the contracts and the payoffs that are at the core of Obama's constituency, uh he wants Harris doing that because she'll be much more reliable than than Biden is. Uh and uh, and he also wants a black vice president to become president who could run for re-election so that he basically has 16 years of African American control of the White House. And that's his objective. And uh, this is what's going on now, this push-pull about the uh, 25th Amendment. So, you know, stay tuned. It's what's happening. Um, Let's go to uh, Lisa in New Jersey. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Dick. How are you? Doing great. Um, Question. Your opinion on what do you think of Trump
1: running for Congress and having them elected? Yeah. And for House Speaker.
0: Why should he be Speaker when he ran the country? Uh, uh, Donald Trump is running for president. You know how you can tell? Go up to him and shake his hand and then turn his hand over and then feel his wrist. If you find a pulse there, he's running. <laughs> Donald Trump is absolutely running for president. I'll tell you something, he's going to win. Uh, he's guaranteed to get the Republican nomination because nobody else can possibly compete with him in a primary. And any Republican is going to win in 24. Look at this disaster of what's going on, and you can't possibly think that a Democrat can win election in 24. Look, there are three problems now that are convulsing the country, inflation, crime, and um, immigration and everybody will agree everybody democrat republican independent everybody will agree they didn't exist under trump and they exist now under biden maybe you favor illegal immigration because you're a liberal democrat but you know that trump cracked down and that biden opened the door you know that trump built the wall and biden opened the gates um I don't know if you think inflation is going to be a big problem. It could be a liberal and say, with Biden, let's raise taxes to stop inflation. But clearly you don't like inflation, and you know there was no inflation under Trump. There was none. And crime, there was very little crime under Trump. And you know that after the defunding of the police and after all of the uh, vilifying police officers and the retirements, crime is soaring. So nobody can disagree with those two points. Immigration, inflation and crime didn't exist under Trump, and they're now coming back hugely under Biden. Okay? And then the third thing is that Biden is not going to change his position on those issues. He can't. If he were to close the border and put up and finish the wall, the Democrats would go crazy. They'd be moved to impeach him. If Biden cuts, vetoes these spending bills and stops pushing them and as a result inflation drops down, the Democrats will crucify him. They want that money. That's why they put him in there. Uh, and, on, and, and on crime, if he adopts a tough position on crime and begins to talk about crime taking over the country and opposing it, uh, the inner city people are going to dump on him. They're going to drop him. So you, you, have, you have Trump solve the problem. Biden caused the problem, and Biden won't change to solve the problem. So what else do you need to know about this election? Now, some people will say, I don't like Trump. I like his policies, but his temperament and his personality and so on. But think about the last six months. That concern has gotten smaller and smaller and smaller. Nobody's talking about how Trump is irrational and crazy and all of that. Nobody's dumping on Trump like that anymore. It's not relevant. He's not in the news. He's in the news attacking Biden. He's in the news calling the, calling the uh, shenanigans in the election and all of that. But Biden is controlling the news and the news is that he's senile. He's demented. He's crazily liberal. He's spending vastly too much money and he's causing inflation, uh, crime and immigration to soar. So whoever is, is the central figure controlling it is going to be the controlling factor in the election, and that's obviously Biden and obviously the Democrats. So Donald Trump was the 45th president of the United States, and he's going to be the 47th president of the United States. Let's go to Peter on Long Island City. Hi, Peter.
1: So who's controlling Obama. Obama. I, I know you know. Obama. Know you Obama's
0: have, controlling Obama. Obama is, whether you like him or not, and I don't, one of the truly original thinkers in our politics. Uh, you have to go back to uh, the likes of Abraham Lincoln or William Jennings Bryan or, or Woodrow Wilson to find a comparable intellect in terms of leadership on issues. In the wrong direction. In the wrong direction, but Barack Obama is doing it. He was educated by William Ayers, his close friend from the Weather Underground. He came up in the radical new left of the 1960s and 70s, and, uh, and he's uh, now carrying their policies forward. After he got elected, he knew he had to be tentative and tread lightly because he knew that he wanted to get reelected. So he wasn't racial at all. He was post-racial. Then in his second term, he really piled it on, and he did all kinds of stuff that would spend huge amounts of money, uh, cut back on law enforcement and all kinds of stuff like that, but he still didn't really go crazy. Then when Biden got elected, which is basically his third term, he really let it all hang out with explicitly pro-black policies that explicitly discriminated against whites. Uh, He now has a program for mortgage help that is only available, and the law says, to people of color, whites need not apply, and that's all Obama, but it's what Obama wanted to do in the first two terms but couldn't get away with, but now he can get away with it, and Boy, is he trying it. It's unbelievable. So think about the pipeline. Think about the need to stop that pipeline. Uh, the If that pipeline under the Baltic Sea, which I talked about earlier, is built, the nations of Eastern Europe go back to being satellites, go back to being slaves. And then watch what's going on in Washington. This is a push-pull between Biden and Harris, Over the 25th Amendment and the uh, power structure in the Democratic Party, which is essentially the black community. Biden has no power base in the Democratic Party. That power structure is pushing for Kamala Harris. And Joe Biden is trying to push back against it by planting all sorts of stories negative to his own vice president. We'll talk more about what's going on in the world next week.